Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quick questions today. Mm-hmm. Any superpower in the world is available to you. What do you pick? Uh, the ability to resurrect people's pets. But not so they become zombie pets. No. They become... Maybe time reversal then is more what I'm after. Okay. Just pets though, mainly? Yeah, yeah, just pets. Yeah, not humans. I specialise in pets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. What about you? Um, Maybe something to do with like like telekinesis or telepathy, Mm -hmm. hearing thoughts, moving stuff. Okay. Or the pets thing, I don't know. Hello there, this is I Only Like You and Movies. Sinead's here with me, Lonnie. Sinead is the biggest Marvel fan in the world, so I'm sure she's got lots of thoughts today <laughs> about Thor Love and Thunder, the 29th, you count them, 29th film in the MCU. Wow. That's a lot of films in the MCU. It is, plus a million TV shows now. It's getting hard to keep up, to be honest. Sure is. Thor, where does he rate for you, Sine? Um, So am I just considering, like, the the Avengers ones? Just the character. Like, how am I... Yeah, and then the movies. Yeah, but what am I rating, like, is it just out of the main cast that I'm rating Thor out of, or is it everyone that's ever appeared? <laughs> I'm just like, do you like him or not? What do you think of him as a character? Oh, I thought you wanted, like, he's my seventh favourite or something like I that. Um, I I don't know. I, can't, I still can't get quite a hold on who he is and who he's supposed to be because he has so many personality transplants. Yeah. Yeah, that's my issue too. I'm going to be a bit annoying in this episode of the podcast because I can recognise there are many flaws in this film. And a lot of it doesn't work. At the same time, I had a good time at the movies. You know, it was fine. I, I enjoyed watching it. So yeah. You know, every so... now and then, you and I watch something, and like, we can focus on the flaws, and we just hate the experience, and we just get into it. And other times, we're annoying, and we're like, "Yeah, it sucks," but we liked it. That's what I'm like today. Okay. Okay, that's good to know up front. So here's the thing: I liked it on the face of it. I thought it was fun and entertaining, and I had a good time. Hmm. But as soon as I started thinking about it for more than two seconds, I'm like, this is stupid and none of it worked. Mm. And I was listening to Mr. Sunday and Meso's review of this, which I'll link in the show notes. And Mason said, like, if your film is that unstable in terms of narrative and plot, that thinking about it (laughs) unravels it. Absolutely. (laughs) Maybe it's not a great film then. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I watched this with our good friend Erica and like we talked about it and, and she just like humors me and comes along to watch these movies and doesn't really think much about them before or after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, oh, that was all right. And she was like pointing out the flaws. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely true. 
terrific. You, you made a good point. But then I was like, you know, what else are we going to do on a Friday night? And that's a real backhanded compliment, isn't it? It's like, yeah, this was good for just to lose yourself for a couple of hours. But you don't think about it. Thinking about it is the worst thing you can do because then you realize how how structurally unsound it is. Yeah. So, Thor, I can't get a handle on him either. He changes every film. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what he's done in one film is undone by the next film completely. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he loves Jane Foster more than anything in the world. He hasn't mentioned her for like three movies, though. <laughs> is my thing. I, I know. I know. He... If he's supposed to be hung up on her because he's counting the days and minutes until he like since mm. he last saw her, that did not come across in any of the other four films. Yeah, like in the first two, they're they're very close and they fall in love and stuff, but then never mentioned again. Maybe mentioned in passing once or twice, right? So Natalie needs to pay. She needs another mortgage repayment. She's like, hey, can is there any chance you guys would you know consider getting me again? Well, she, she famously hated being in the second Thor film. That's why she hasn't been around. Mm. I, I guess the character was revitalised by, by Taika in the last film, Ragnarok. So I suppose mm. it's a bit more attractive to come back and she's playing a version of Thor. Like, you know, she's playing something different, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, I, I that that one thing stood out to me. It's like, oh, they're in love, are they? Cool. I it's good to know. and they've, they've always loved each other. They're soulmates. Well, they have to, the film has to show us flashbacks of them being together because we never saw them be together, really, in the films. Yep. Which is one, you know, that's it. If you're going to be a bloody cinematic universe and have long-running continuity, it's it seems a bit hollow when you can just make things up, right, and throw it in. in I think this form. is my issue, right? Like, so, well, firstly, I'll just say, Natalie, there's spoilers in this, so if you don't want to hear spoilers, don't listen she dies at the end of this film. So she just came back for one movie and then peaced out? That seems odd to me. No, well, did you watch the... Tr- uh, yes, uh, I watched the post-credits, but it doesn't make really sense. In a, in a Marvel film, but it also means no death ever, ever matters. So, hmm. But she turned into sparkles. Yeah, she's I thought you could only movie. be there if you had a warrior's death. Yeah, well, she died, didn't That's she? That's what Sith says. <laughs> well, I guess Sith oh didn't actually die. Her arm died. True, but she said the whole thing was like, I want a warrior's death, I want to go to Valhalla, mm. and Thor's like, mm, this doesn't really count if you like die afterwards. Yeah. And it's that's no exactly logic. what happened to Natalie Portman. No logic for that at all. Hey. Right, okay. The second thing I was going to say, I think we have to sort of state this at the beginning of the pod, you and I were not the biggest fans of Thor Ragnarok. Mm. And feel free to jump in, but I think the reason we weren't fans of it is because it didn't honour any of the continuity or any of the reality of the universe that the film was in. And instead it felt like Taika went, nah, stuff that, I'm going to make the movie that I want to make. Damn the consequences. Well, it, the I sort think, of thing, everything going with jokes and nothing mattered and so I didn't care about what was going on in the characters. Yeah. Everything was just a punchline. And I also feel like every other film that exists is a chance for a director to have complete creative control over that story, right? Every other film that exists. I think when you're working with such a well-developed franchise like this, and I mean well-developed and it's been around for a long time, they've set up expectations with viewers to understand that things link to other things. You can't just come into that and shit all over it, which is what he has done twice now. 
And it just really bothers me because now it's all about him as a filmmaker and that in a way takes away the attention from the film itself because it's, oh, look what Tyker's doing to these characters. It's not, oh, let's join these characters on the next adventure. You know? I see where you come from. I, I, I don't like to say this about films and filmmakers, but a lot of lazy stuff going on here, right? If not yep. lazy, just for whatever reason, they just had to edit it weirdly. Like, I'm the first person to say it, it won't be the last, but we've got a character played by Christian Bale, no less, called mm-hmm. Gore the God Butcher. Mm-hmm. We don't see him butcher any gods. We see Thor be like, oh, yeah, that guy was a really good god. Oh, no, he's dead. Okay. Yep. And there's like a brief scene where we've got lots of different screens up on the screen. And it's like, oh, he's butchering all over the world, all over the universe. Let's go do something about that. Okay. Could we see that for at least a few minutes of him butchering gods? He killed one god in the beginning. And he got lucky. Doing it, didn't he? Uh, we have to unpack that opening scene. We haven't even discussed what the film's about. <laughs> Should we do that? <laughs> All right. It's, and it's cool. What's the film about, Sinead? Oh, God. <laughs> you thought I was going to talk about it, but I put you in the hot seat. Thor's there. This guy appears, Christian Mayle, who wants to kill all the gods, which includes Thor. Mm. Natalie Portman uh, becomes a Thor for reasons. And... They have to defeat Gore. That's pretty much it, right? It's it's not much plot. Doesn't quite hang together, even then. No, but, I don't yeah. think I realized it until I was trying to recap the plot, and I'm like, mm. I think that's what it was. Anyway, so that opening scene, right? So we have Christian Bale wandering through the desert with his child. His child dies in his arms. He stumbles upon an oasis, which I thought was going to be a um, hallucination. Mm. It's not. And then he comes across a god. Now, do you recall, they do it in this movie as well, but the Thor movie where they had Matt Damon and Brad Pitt doing cameos without pretending to be Loki and Thor. You know that play and that sort of like, ha-ha, I am Thor, god of thunder. Mm -hmm. You are my brother, Loki. We will do this now. That performative, like, really caricature stuff Mm. is what the god is in the first few minutes of this film. I thought it was going to be a fake out and he wasn't a god because he's like, oh, yes, I am a god and I hate people and I'm greedy and whatever. Like, what? What were you talking about? It was so convenient that at his lowest moment he happens upon his god and then his god happens to have just killed somebody who has a god-killing weapon, and then Christian Bell happens to pick it up and kills the god right there. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's lazy, I'll, I'll say that, it. That first god just did not fit tonally at all with what Christian Bale was doing. And the animation style never came back. Remember they have those, like, flower girls or whatever? Mm, they, no. What was that? <laughs> Very weird. What was that? And he had to tell Christian Bale that you're that weapon that can kill all gods. Oh gee, that. I think they say it again in the Mr. Sunday's pod. It's like, oh gee, I would hate if someone grabbed that weapon. That weapon is designed to kill gods. Oh, if it stabbed me right now, I'd be totally dead. Yeah. Gee, I hope that doesn't happen. 
But then, what are you doing? <laughs> then after that, right? So he he goes on this journey. We're told that he's killing all the gods. I'm never actually told what a god is in this universe. Like, why is is Thor is every Asgardian a, a god, or is it just Thor? I kind of thought I think every Asgardian, right? But I thought Thor and his family were like the royal family of Asgard, and so they had more powers. But maybe everyone has powers. Who's a Asgardian? Who even knows? But not really clear. Doesn't really matter. But still. So he's off there killing all the gods, right? But then it turns out his real plan is to go to eternity where you can make a wish. Mm. I think eternity is the center of the universe. Eternity is like a concept, but also like a thing you can talk to, it seems. And it will grant a wish. And his wish will be to kill all the gods. Like, yeah. aren't you already killing them anyway? Off screen, I know. But you're doing a pretty good job with the weapon that kills gods. Maybe he's like, oh, I don't want to travel. I don't want to contribute to... Uh... <laughs> Climate change by getting in a jet and going to a different country. I'll just wish them all. Much yeah. easier. Very weird. And it brings up the whole idea about why didn't Thanos just do this or why didn't the Avengers just do this, mm-hmm. make a wish to, to you know, for their respective um, goals and endgame. Weird. Very weird. Um, and uh, as as the, the pitch meeting pointed out, the idea that he hates gods because they're selfish and greedy and hate their people. But Gore's plan mm-hmm. is to kidnap the children of Asgard so that Thor will come and rescue them. But, like, yeah. isn't his point that the gods are, are greedy and don't care about their people? But he his plan relies on the fact that Thor will look after his people? Will care about his people, yep. I'm like, that could make... You can make that have some depth and some sense if you have a go at it but i just don't they don't even try to make that make sense and how long were those kids on that boat just like floating through space it seemed like they were there for like three weeks they're just chilling you know just chilling oh and heimdall has a son by the way why does Heimdall have a son that he's never mentioned before? Uh, no one's ever mentioned this kid before and he's like you know 10 years old it's not like he's a baby where did he come from? I didn't. So, like, wait, let's let's talk it through. So, this mm-hmm. is this five year gap because of Thanos's snap, right? Sure. And Heimdall was killed at the very beginning of that fight. So, this on kid, the ship, yep. Yeah, right. So we're like, you know, five or six, seven years away from that. Mm-hmm. This kid is what twelve-ish, between ten and twelve. Yeah. So maybe he was snapped and he was five when Hummel died, or maybe he was kind of, he would have been a kid anyway, right? So maybe yeah. he was just born, either he was he was quite young when that happened. So, yeah, why was he never mentioned before? I thought Heimdall just stood on the Bifrosts. I thought that Did was his literal family? job. I didn't know that he clocked off at 5pm and went home to the missus. Like, what is going so on? Bizarre. Also, if, like, Heimdall was one of Thor's greatest friends mm, and, like... Yeah, best friends. Best friends, right? If he ha- if he died and had a child that needed looking after, you'd make an effort to be, like, a godfather, right? <laughs> I think so. But, like, just look out for the kid. We've never seen the kid. Also, this whole movie is about giving Thor a kid. There's a kid. Heimdall's kid. Look after Heimdall's kid. I know. I was going to say... Like, that wouldn't really be an issue, except for the fact that Thor adopts a random kid at the end of this film. The the daughter of his villain in this film. <laughs> yes. Right, what about Heimdall's kid? I guess maybe he's got a family looking after him still. We don't see him. I don't him. know. 
can't I can't say for sure. Who's Mrs. Heimdall? Yeah. Very weird. Oh my god. Um yeah, was it Meso was saying this film was made backwards? It seemed like they had place they wanted to go and they just contrived yes. to plot around that. Yeah. Genuinely, I, I think he's on something there. And I think the reason why is because at the end, so Korg's telling everyone a story, right? That's the framing device. Mm-hmm. And at the end he's like, and they lived happily ever after. Uh, love and Thunder. And it's like, oh, that's what the movie's called. I did forget that that's the movie's called because you never mentioned it at any point in the film. No, so I did... think what's happened is he's come up with the name of the film, Love and Thunder. They all want to have their kids in the film because that's a big thing. Natalie's kids are in the film, Taika's kids are in the film, and Chris's kid plays the daughter of Gore. And then they're like, right, how can we get Thor a kid? And how do we get love in it? Because Love and Thunder sounds really cool. That legitimately feels like what this is. Yeah, and they did not earn that name, did they? No. It's never mentioned. The kid's it's never there for like... a second. Oh, God. <sighs> it was really poor. And as Mesa pointed out, I'm not going to just repeat what he says, but this guy makes a wish that he's, the whole film he's hated gods and he's been let down by his gods. He gets to make a wish to bring his daughter back to be raised by a god. Look, I guess Thor's proved himself to be a good guy or whatever. I guess he but... has that moment of reconciliation at the end where he's Still. like, I shouldn't have done this or whatever. Still. I also thought, in terms of laziness, the shadow monsters were just boring and just yeah. things to, to kill, and to the to the point where the characters like have full on conversations on a battlefield, like Thor mm-hmm. comes back to save Asgardian or new Asgard, right? Mm-hmm. Asgardian people, and they're just having a big old chat while it's happening. With Natalie kill Portman. In the background, and he's just like having yep. chinwag. Just so didn't feel right, did it? Didn't. You know, given the one of the great reasons that Infinity War and Endgame worked is because they treated this with such sincerity and mm-hmm. it felt real. This one, it's like nothing matters. Well, this, that's interesting because I sort of feel like this film is made up of of three parts, right? Mm-hmm. Just bear with me. Okay. You've got quirky, nothing matters, we're telling jokes all the time. Yep. Then you've got a second part, which is Christian Bale playing the most serious role oh probably of his career, and I know he's played Batman, and it's a horror film, legitimately, him appearing, mm. like, apparating inside the thing with the children and in the darkness with his terrifying contact lenses and just skulking around the shadows is awful and horrible and I hated it. It was good, though, right? He did a good performance. Yeah, he did a great performance, but it doesn't fit with everything it, it else. Was not, it was let down by everything else, yeah. And then the third part of this film, I feel... Is that it turned into a Zack Snyder film halfway through? There, it goes black and white, and they're on this nondescript planet, which mm. kind of evoked the nondescript planet that was in Lightyear that you had problems with. Mm-hmm. And it's really like highly stylized three hundred sort of esque violence, where it's very much. It felt like the Snyder cut of. Batman vs. Superman or whatever. Was that Batman vs. Superman side cut was for? No, it's for Justice League. Justice League. Where it's like, let's do slow motion as they're jumping through the air and have cool freeze frames of superheroes. Why was that in this movie? I don't get that. I don't get the, the ending being a bunch of kids get Thor's powers and fight off Shadow Monster. I have the most issues with that. Okay, so... 
Can Thor give anyone his powers at any point, or did he have to use the lightning from Zeus? No, I, I think he can enchant things as Odin could. So it would have been nice for him to maybe give his powers to his friends when they're fighting Thanos and other people in the fight. I'm just thinking, uh, so Captain America picks up Mjolnir in um, Endgame and it's a huge moment, right? Mm. Might have been useful to just give his, him some of the powers at that point. At the very least one Perhaps. of them, Perhaps. Right? Yeah. So Thor can just give his powers to anyone all the time. Why don't you give it to the Asgardians when the Shadow Monsters are coming to steal the children? Mm. Done. They're not going to steal the children now. Great. No. Oh, I hated that so much. Uh, again, as you're saying, if the film is going to be about kids at the end fighting off the shadow monsters or whatever, maybe have the kids in actual scenes. Like, they're in one or two, but they're kind of not really a focus. It could have been a whole thing about Thor and a bunch of kids. That could have been fun. Could have been like hooks. Sure. But it was just thrown in at the last minute. You're like, oh, do I care about this much? It just is very random. Not like it. So, another thing we should probably touch on is how Taika didn't take the offer of what this film was supposed to be, which is last time we saw Thor, he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, this is going to be cool. They're going to have adventures along the way. This is going to be great. No. What we get is Taika going, I don't really want to tell that story, but we need to sort of wrap it up. So let's just do a montage really quickly. And then get the Guardians out of here as soon as possible. And then make the movie that I want to make. Like, it's just another example of not taking the offer. And I feel like this movie isn't what it should have been because... Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought this was going to be Thor and the Guardians. But we only get that for, like, five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would have been great. Also, I think after things go to shit with the new Asgard and the kids get stolen, maybe ring that... Uh, Guardian's up. Get some help. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even mention them ever again. Very weird. Nope. And I guess that's his thing. He's like, oh, I'll do it by myself and whatever. But mm-hmm. Did Dessa Thompson have something in her contract where she doesn't have to wear a costume? She can just wear whatever she wear, wakes up <laughs> in that morning and just rock up onto set? Well, the isn't there a moment in one of the shows where, shows, God, movies, where she's wearing that silver armour? That yeah. Valkyrie's supposed to have. It was awesome. Why did she never put it on again? I really don't get it. And, and if this whole thing is that she's like the king of New Asgard and is selling out a bit because they need money or whatever, that was very roughly done, wasn't it? Barely mm-hmm. done. And then later on she's just like there when Thor and Jane are like kissing on the boat or whatever. I don't know why she was there at all as a character. Yes. Bizarre. Speaking of characters who should not be there, why was Korg in this? Why was Korg in this? Why was Korg in this? Korg was in this because Taika wanted him to be in this. I think right? if I'm going on a mission to the City of the Gods to steal stuff, I'm going to bring Korg, to be honest. I don't think he's a key Get element him of anything. out of here. Listen, the whole thing is that Korg is supposed to be comic relief, right, to these dark sort of brooding characters. It doesn't work if every character is quippy. Mm. If every character is quippy like Korg, why does Korg need to be there? Mm. Ugh, go away. That's what I have to say about Korg. And then, like, if they'd kill him off, you'd be like, oh, okay, you get him around to kill him off to sort of move the plot forward and 
you know, let him die at the God Summit. Let him die yeah. there, and then that That's he mistakes. has vengeance. You know. Mm-hmm. Can we talk okay, about we ha- the God City? Oh, well, I was going to say the God Summit, okay. which um, little God Conference that they all have. So, so many questions. So they go to the summit and they hope to get help, right, from Zeus and everyone because Gore's trying to kill them. Mm. Russell Crowe plays Zeus. There has been some discussion about the accent. Mm. Do you have thoughts about the accent, Lon? Well, the one thing I think, again, it was Meso saying this, that it would have been great. Maybe it was Meso. Someone said (laughs) out in the world that would have been terrific is if he didn't have that accent, he was putting it on. Um, ah, okay. It's part of the show. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that, that, that is his accent. Um, okay. And it's like in the tradition of Greek comedians here in Australia. Look, I'm not really sure <laughs> about the accent. I guess they committed to it. Um, I'll leave it to our friends in the in the Greek community to, as to whether they thought it was offensive or not, I suppose. It was... It was broad. It was weird. It was a broad accent, but it was a broad Australian Greek accent. It was, you know, those old school. Like, I feel like there are a lot of comedians in, like, the 90s. Yeah. That sort of. Also, isn't there one on YouTube? Is it Sushi Mango on YouTube where they pretend to be their dads or something? Am I onto something there? I don't know who you're talking about. Okay. All right. If if I figure it out, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, sure. Right. God Summit. So they go there and they're like, Zeus, help us. And he's like, no, I'm not going to help you, but I'm going to flick all your clothes off for reasons because we need to have the obligatory five-minute scene when we talk about how built Chris Hemsworth is. It's written into his contract, I'm sure. Just on that, he's too built, right? It, I oh, yeah. Think, I don't think it's sexy, personally. Way too much. As a, as a hetero man. <laughs> as a heterosexual man, you don't think it's sexy? Wow. No, I, I just think it's, it's, it's like the body shouldn't look like that, you know? Fair. But good on him. You know? Right. So they're at the God Summit. First question, why doesn't Gore turn up at the God Summit? It was a perfect opportunity for him to come and kill some people, right? They're literally all in one building. Such a missed opportunity. (laughs) And it can't be like, oh, he was worried about their powers and he'd be overpowered. He has the one weapon that can kill gods. Yes. He has all the power in that situation. No, you'd rather him steal some kids and be mean to them on a boat in the middle of the sky. Just weird. Turn up at the God Summit. Also... I really loved the addition of the gold blood. I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. that all the gods had gold inside yeah. them instead of red blood. So when they were sort of mm. scarred from battle or marked from battle, Valkyrie had like gold all over it, which is a really mm. cool just visual thing. Um, but why do the gods have gods guarding them? <laughs> That's a good question. Because the, the little footmen people, little soldiers that they all killed also while yeah. all the gods are watching – also, aren't gods a dying breed? Wouldn't you be concerned about the fact that these people have just killed 20 gods who were guarding you? Do you have backup guards? Is there a hierarchy of gods? Are you like the top god and you've got the most powers and then the other ones are still gods but they're not like god gods? I'm so confused why gods would be guarding you. I don't get why they had to kill people, to be honest. Like, Thor has turned up in secret to this city and then he tries to kill Zeus and then kills a whole bunch of other people, he's a terrorist in this scenario, right? True. He's, Very he's true. actually worse than Gore the God Butcher. He's killing gods on screen. 
He is. It's so bizarre. That's a good point. He's doing the one thing that Gore was doing. Yeah. <laughs> that we're trying to they're stop all, him doing. Exactly doing the same thing. And like surely that means all the gods who are I guess the most powerful beings in this universe are up there at least. Wouldn't they want to go kill him now? And I guess they mentioned that at the end with Hercules, but like all he's done is, is put a target on his back and he stole a golden bolt from Zeus that mm-hmm. seemed to not really do much, really. Like it didn't wasn't the key player in the final battle, was it? No. It was such a weird scene. I like you know, Russell Crowe's doing a bit of fun and there's some elements there and I, I just thought it was silly. Agreed. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Can we talk about Natalie Portman? Sure. Great actor. Because I have some questions. So she plays a character in this called Mighty Thor. Mm. Is that correct? Yes. I think the way that works in the Marvel Universe is that um, if you have control over Amion here, Amion here responds to you, you have mm-hmm. the powers of Thor. Obviously Thor has that most of the time because he is Thor, but if other people wield him, they can have the powers as well. You have to be worthy to pick up the hammer. Yeah, exactly. Could she have picked up the hammer at any point in the first couple of Thor movies and been able to help? Well, I think the idea is that he he asked the hammer, which seems to have some sort of sentience or, or put an enchantment on or something that to look out for her, right? Because he, he loves her. I understand that. But can the whole thing about you have to be worthy to wield the hammer, the rule that you've set up for how many films, 29 or whatever, doesn't exist now because Thor can just say, I'll go look after anyone and anyone can wield the hammer. Exactly. There's that. That's that fun scene in the second Avengers film where they'll try and pick it up and no one cares. Yes. Except the captain who kind of moves, moves it a little incrementally. Inch. Yes. Yeah. But if Thor had said to any of those guys, you know what, you're pretty worthy, Iron Man. Could Iron Man have picked it up then? Also, she says it called to me. Right. Did it? It didn't call to you. 
you were thinking of a way to cure your cancer. You opened a book and you read about me on here and you were like, oh, that could probably help. Mm. And then it called to you when you were watching the display. Yep. What? Why didn't we see the transition of her yeah. Yeah. becoming Mighty Thor? Why didn't we get a sequence of her stealing me on here? Like none of that happened. She just read a book and then literally the next scene she was Mighty Thor. I know, and maybe there's reasons for it, but it, again, felt very lazy that all that happens off screen. Hated it. Stupid. Now, she's there's a comedy bit with her where she's trying to work out her catchphrase, right? What's her actual catchphrase? Like in the comics? I don't know. No, I thought you'd know. Because I think Mr. Sunday said that it pays off when she dies. The joke pays off. But... It didn't for me because I didn't know what her catchphrase was in the original comics. So I just thought they were just saying some stuff at the end. If that was all set up or if I don't know what my catchphrase is, I'm going to try out all my catchphrases and then it gets revealed, I kind of need a bit more in the movie proper for me to get that. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, it was just an awkward attempt at humour. I, You know, one thing about this film that it throws a lot of jokes up on screen the hit rate was very low for me. You know, having said that, I enjoyed the whole film as a whole because it was you know, a bit of a fun ride. But at the same time, I can point out where it was stupid and that was not good. Well, here's the thing, Lonnie. I feel like everyone's having a reaction to this film that we had to Ragnarok. And I feel like yeah. the only reason that they all liked Ragnarok was because it was different, so it felt fresh. Mm. But this suffers from the same issues and all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is a bad film. It's like, who has been here, everyone, from the beginning saying <laughs> that these were bad? Us. Yeah, I feel like in that respect, you and I, it's like not a, that much of an issue for us because we were thinking about this about Ragnarok. And so this one is like fine. We're like, oh, yeah, it's good as the last one, maybe a bit more enjoyable in some ways. Mm-hmm. I guess there's no Mark Ruffalo, which is a big point against it. Um but, yeah, it, it's exactly what I was thinking about that. You mentioned that Mjolnir is kind of sentient, right? And they play on that a little bit mm. in the film. I actually didn't mind the humour of that. That was quite interesting, the sort of other woman-esque humour. I just thought that was funny. I liked that. But it doesn't make sense that they're sentient. No. It's never been established. Also, if the axe... So the axe is made out of Groot's arm plus... Yeah the steel that was forged in the heart of a dying star, right, that mm. Peter Dinklage did. Mm. So if it's sentient, why can't it just not do what Gore tells it to do? The whole point is that Gore needs the axe to open up the portal to the yeah. eternity person. Why can't it just not? It's a good question. I, I thought that was funny enough, all those things about, you know, jealous girlfriend or whatever with the, with the hammers, mm-hmm. but... If you think about it for more than a second, it falls apart, doesn't it? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> None of this makes sense. There's a, whole, there's a whole thing about they need a boat to go follow the, the kids on the other boat, mm-hmm. right? But then at the very end, after um, you know, she, Jane gets hurt and they're back and she's in, in hospital again, and Thor can just go out and teleport to the place where he needs to be, and then also she follows him as well mm-hmm. because she can for some reason like didn't she contrive some reason before about why you need to take a boat but it seemed like you could have just portaled there if you wanted to yeah bizarre. very bizarre let's unpack some of the humor 
So I actually thought that Tyke had toned down his five minute back and forth in this. I thought it was much more egregious in Ragnarok. But everyone yeah. seems to think this one's worse. I think in that. Ragnarok, from memory, there were lots of scenes where it was just like, let the camera roll, you guys make something up and we'll see what we'll see what sticks. Actually though, because they improvised most of that film. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. I feel like that wasn't as much the Do you case. This? Here. Yeah, okay. Maybe not. The goats. Yeah. The goats sum up everything that I'm starting to not like about Taika Waititi and his direction. Okay. So I didn't mind the goats. I never laughed at the goats, but I went, I see what you're doing there. I acknowledge that you're trying to make a joke. Yeah, I thought that was a kind <laughs> if you of, will. that was a, like, a brave movie. You wouldn't normally have that sort of thing in a movie, so I thought that was, like, yeah, a good attempt at humour. Didn't laugh yeah. much myself, but yeah. But then I found out why he included the goats. Mm. He recently saw the Taylor Swift video mm. about I knew you were trouble when you walked in and there was a vine years ago, literally like a decade ago, where there's goats that scream at the part of the song where she yells. Mm. So he saw that and went, that's pretty funny. I want to include that in my film. Taika, are you the only person in the history of the world who is alive right now who isn't aware of that video and that meme? That was a huge thing in the internet. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's like, Taika's like, oh, my God, this thing's so cool. And we're all like, yep, yeah, oh, we're past that, Taika. We've seen that so many times. Like, But just because he's seen it for the first time, he thinks everyone else has seen it for the first time. It's a lot of projection there. And I feel like this sort of like quirky affability of him and his direction style which i really loved in what we do in the shadows and um hunt for the water people it's sort of transitioning to this sort of cocky arrogance where it's like not even wanting to engage with the intelligence or experiences that your audience might have mm. and i just don't like that well that's that's the thing i think rubbed us the wrong way about ragnarok it's like we're gonna make a joke about everything so nothing matters and in fact you're a bit stupid for thinking it matters and for caring Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yep and a lot of this film just as i've been saying is like going through the motions not really trying hard enough and that's not something you'd say about the the films that do work in this this realm hey yeah like say what you're all about the batman which we loved they, mm-hmm. they they threw everything they could at that film and it worked for the most part. Yeah. This one, it's like, you know, I felt like they were doing short days, not really trying that hard. I saw a really cutting uh, comment on Letterboxd about this film. You know, there were lots of pithy reviews mm-hmm. on there. And it was like, good first draft. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see when it's fully done. Yeah, harsh, but maybe kind of true. Yeah. I felt that, like, in the same way that you're sort of saying there was no depth, I felt like that with setting as well. Like, mm-hmm. even the omnipotent city, is that what it's called? Yeah. It's just a white nothingness. It didn't feel it's, like a place they went to. It felt like they walked into a green screen room. It was horrible. There was nothing, nothingness. Mm-hmm. And then on the planet there was nothingness. And then the big fight that they have with Gore is just in this stone, like, temple thing, which, again, is just nothing. Yeah. 
feel like they're but in a, just enough factory with the green screen around it. Do we not make settings anymore? Like, do we not think about place as an element of storytelling in film? What about? Really not. Yeah, one small tweak that could have made it much more interesting is Thor turns up to the planet where Sif, we find Sif just on the ground in the film. What if mm-hmm. he's come in at the last minute and has to fight with her against Gore so we can see Gore in full flight mm-hmm. and he's there helping her but then, you know, they, that doesn't work out and she gets her arm cut off and then Thor feels like that's his fault because he couldn't defend her enough. And he starts Great. to doubt himself. You get another action sequence, you get to see Gore in full flight, you get to see the sense of danger here because he's actually cut someone's arm off. Mm-hmm. And Sif, one of our favourites from the previous films, I'm not saying she's my favourite, but, you know, a recurring character we've seen before, mm. actually gets a scene rather than just lying on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that have been good? Would have been great. Would have been great. I also think the ending of, like, so Gore goes to Wish and he's like, I want to live God's dead, but then mm. Thor has to remind him, hey, remember you had a daughter and you miss her and you could ask for her back? Mm. I thought that was so lazy. Because anyone who's known anyone, if you lose someone, you don't forget that. If you lose someone you love, you think about it every day, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess you could say he was so caught up with his ambition of killing the gods, he lost sight of what was true to him or whatever. Yeah, I think arguably he's also being, like, corrupted by the sword or something. That's true. It is killing him and stuff. But I just felt like it's like, hey, remember you have a daughter who you loved? Oh, yeah, the daughter who I'm doing this for. Great idea. I'll ask for her back. Like, it just it just felt really stupid. It did. You're right. <laughs> I want to talk about the music because it's great. It's a great soundtrack. Enya, Guns N' Roses, oh, yeah. other people I don't really know. Here's the thing. I'm going to make a claim. It's quite a big claim. Mm. The reason it worked in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is the first movie that we had in this realm that used recognisable pop songs or rock songs, is because, A, it was bound in story. It made sense for Peter Quill because he had the cassette tape that his mum left him and he's half alien, half human, and that was his tie to figuring that out. And also because it hadn't been done before, it felt really fresh. But now every movie is using power ballads. There's this, there's Ragnarok, there's Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. That's what that movie's called, isn't it? Where we're set in the 90s and we, yes. That had it. And I just feel like, I I don't know, it just feels like you're beating a dead horse a bit. (laughs) Like it doesn't feel how you think it feels to us anymore, you know? Look, I don't know many... Ten to twelve year olds like um, Heimdall's son, but are they really getting into Guns and Roses these days? To the point no. where they rename themselves? No, they're <laughs> I don't not. Think that happens. I just have like so many logic things don't work out with this, and I find it interesting that I don't know. It it just I think you're right. It felt lazy. It felt like they didn't stop and think. Oh yeah. well, how did this happen? Oh, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> what about these people calling it a rom-com? Have you seen Who a rom-com? Who is calling it a rom-com? That's how it's being advertised in certain points, saying 
I'm begging the public to take one class of media analysis, of having one class of critical thinking skills. What is going on? This is not a rom-com. No. And we've mentioned a few times in this podcast about how Thor, we just can't get a handle him because he changes every movie. He's Mm -hmm. getting bummer too, isn't he? Yes. He just seems so stupid in parts of this. Especially the, the sort of montage sequence where he's with the Guardians and he ends up, you know, shattering their whole citadel or, or ruining he their whole palace. He doesn't seem to really know what he's done. No, he's really that's, stupid. Look, that's but a high other times, thing to do, isn't it? It you is, know? but then other times he's so sincere and he's like, come on, gods, we need to go defeat this guy. Hmm. And it's like, who are you? <laughs> are you really intelligent and can see Gore's moves three steps ahead or are you really dumb and like, gullible and sort of, I don't know, not very connected to reality. Weird. Not on. Uh, maybe mention briefly the, uh, the queer baiting allegations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, I'm not sure if the filmmakers and the actors know what queer representation is because that they've been talking about how, you know, talking it up sort of thing. It's like, really? There's barely anything of that nature in this film. And I think, you know, throwing some crumbs out there isn't the same as actually committing to having queer characters in your product. So we have a line from Korg saying, my two dads met. Yeah. We have Valkyrie kissing a woman on the hand, mm-hmm. one of the maidens in the God Summit. Mm-hmm. Is that all we have? I guess so. <laughs> Pretty much it, right? I think, you know, I, know, I can't think of anything else. And, and maybe like they made a, a flipping comment that gets taken out of context, maybe that sort of thing. But it, it, it feels like throwing crumbs out there and you should be happy with whatever you get kind of thing. Yeah, be satisfied by us doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Like, well, no, I'm not. I think so. Yeah, bizarre. Shall we talk about the post-credit sequence? Yeah, before that, I just want to mention, do you think Christian Bale had like a week off to do this film? Because he's not in it very much, is he? Oh, he just, yeah, came for a week, shot his stuff on the soundstage yeah. and pieced out. Off you go. Yeah. Hold on. 100%. Yes, the, the post-credits sequences. So at, at the summit, um, Thor throws Zeus's lightning bolt through his stomach. He doesn't die from that, apparently. Uh, I'm a bit confused with... But didn't Odin die from being stabbed? Mm. Weird. Anyway, he comes back and has a son, Hercules. Yeah. Who is the one and only Roy Kent from mm. Ted Lasso. He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. He truly is every fucking where. <laughs> he, great casting. Can't believe I wasn't spoiled. But there is some doubt that that will actually be Hercules in this universe. What do you mean? Well, hot tip from Mr. Sunday, James. Mm. He said they've already written a Hercules in some sort of property and so they're not sure whether this will be Hercules, as in this actor will be playing him, or if this will be a different Hercules to the Hercules they're writing, if this will be the next Thor movie will be Hercules and Thor, mm. or if Hercules is just going to be out there and it will come back eventually. Sure. So 
I don't know how to feel about it. But great casting. Happy to see him on a green screen. I don't think they would have done that sort of thing without having a plan in place. So You don't reckon? After this whole movie, they wouldn't just go, oh, you know it would be cool if we put a Hercules in? Like, that seems like the whole whole approach to the film. No, well, I think that's what Tiger would do, but I think these post-credits sequences are planned out and yeah. advanced. And sometimes maybe they throw it out there and see what the fans say. I think there's been a positive reaction yeah. to it, so that's good. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think they will. I, I wonder, okay. you know, the big wigs, Kevin Feige of, of Marvel, has pretty much total control these days. And, you know, if anyone's out that, it's probably him, given success of these films. You wonder, though, do these people work better when they've got constraints, when they've got, you know, studios heads above them who do rein them in at certain points? Because this phase four of the MCU's got a bit unwieldy, hasn't it? It feels like there's too many yeah. shows that mean nothing. There's the stuff that in the films it seems like they're going over and over the same sort of content about timelines and it's just not coming quite together yet, is it? No. I think as well it's like um, like every other film that Taika makes he can be an auteur but this is a group project in a way mm. and having some constraints around that, you're right, about tonally or story-wise to make sure that everything's going to be together. Although it feels like this phase hasn't been planned. Do you know what I mean? Like I know it's been planned in terms of, oh, here's out what we're releasing over the next 10 years. But story-wise it doesn't feel planned. Like with the, I guess it's phase three, right, Marvel movies, we all knew where we were headed with Thanos. Yeah, it sort of changed because there was sort of a red herring with the Tesseract and the Tesseract had the stone and I'm not sure it all worked, like if we're watching it back and thinking about it critically, but at least we had sort of a, a goal in sight. For these, we're, they're just sort of hangout films, like little minor inconveniences that they get through and then, I don't know, what's what's the end result going to be? Are we bringing them all back again for like Infinity War Part 2? How does that all work, you know? Well, the biggest thing for me is that back in the day, Marvel did two films a year mm-hmm. and they could put all their energy into it. Then it's like three films. Like, that's kind of working, I guess. And they had the big crossover films with the Avengers every couple of years. And that, all quite, that worked well. Now they've got how many TV shows? It's like four films a year. They're doing animated stuff as well. You just it, like They're being stretched. And they've obviously got different people, not just the one guy doing all that stuff. It just doesn't feel like there's as much focus anymore. But maybe we'll be here in a year or two and we're like, oh, okay, it all actually was contributing, we just didn't know yet. They've all, well, it's all so. come together. But, like, you know, when there's two films a year, they felt like events. You had to go watch it to see the latest thing. Mm-hmm. There are whole shows now that I just haven't bothered watching because they haven't grabbed me. And to watch it, I've got to watch eight hours or something, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just watching a... And watch it every week. You watch the, you know, hour and 40 movie or a two-hour movie and get over and done with. Yeah. So overall, I feel like it's it's a fun time. You know, it's a very much an antidote to the sort of Chris Nolan brooding Batmans. It's fun in parts. But if you think about how things happened and why they did certain things, mm. the whole film really just falls apart. And... 
it depends what you want out of your films. <laughs> like, do you want to just go sit for two hours and not think about anything and just watch something fun with some music? Then you'll probably like it. But if you're anything like us who want to think about story or structure or character development, I think you'll be frustrated because there wasn't really much. <laughs> in exactly. This. Like on the one hand, if you just want to go watch a bit of fun, you'll get that with this film. Mm -hmm. And not every film has to be dark and serious to be enjoyed but as i said watching the batman you could feel the level of commitment in every frame mm -hmm. every line mm -hmm. of dialogue and every performance on screen in this one it's like if they barely care why should we care yep and you know, go switch your brain off for a bit yep sure that's what they did it seems yeah harsh but maybe true that said, I enjoy watching it, so I'm not as bad as everybody else. What are you going to rate it out of five, Flon? I mean, it feels weird to give it more than like two and a half, given there are so many flaws and faults. So I yeah. guess that, with the caveat we mentioned previously. I think I'll give it three. Am I? Yeah. Okay. Because I still liked it on the face of it, and... I don't, I don't know. This is a tough one to sort of yeah, it's, figure it's out. Yeah, it's strange. I'm, I don't think I'll watch it again anytime soon, if ever. See, I think I would, but I'd probably watch it again to try and be a detective and figure out were there clues sure. that I missed? Like, did I miss a transition where they actually explain some of this stuff? Mm. Or, yeah. Okay. Also, we haven't even mentioned, sorry, just quickly, little bonus thought at the end. So if he says to Mjolnir, go and protect Natalie Portman, right? Yeah. And Natalie Portman is dying of cancer. Mjolnir starts draining her life force. Yeah, come off it, Mjolnir. That's not protecting. No. That's the opposite. Not at all. That's, yeah. So how do you, like, explain yeah. that, justify yeah. that? Because you're like, oh, no, he asked Mjolnir to protect her. That's why she can lift the sword, lift the hammer. Mm. It's like, okay, but he's not doing that. He's literally mm. killing her. <laughs> So yeah. you can't have it both ways, you know? You can't really resolve that at all. She just dies and it's just mm -hmm. hand-waved away. Anyway. All right, last us talking about Thor. We've got reviews of other Marvel products in our back catalogue. Get amongst those. Some of them we really respond well to. Others we don't. <laughs> That's true. We're on Twitter, so get amongst us there. Have a chat to us. That'll be great. Anything else you want to add, Sunday? Um... Be better storytellers. Okay. So that's good. I don't know. It's a little piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. For us all. And be keen to see Hercules in the future, I guess. Or I can't. Not a real man, is he? He's... So you're across all this thing where people think that he's been CGI'd into Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, he's a CGI person. No, he's not. <laughs> Prove it. It is funny that he's had to fight all those things about being a CGI person and then yeah. literally in this film it's just him on a soundstage CGI'd. <laughs> well, one other thing I wanted to say was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Apparently in the God City they mention there being a God of Carpentry over there. Jesus, apparently. <sighs> okay. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Why weren't there references to the other gods? Mm. Good point. Why just Christianity? Come on, guys. Well, see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 